Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Cyberpunk Tales from the Oasis. This is episode 19, Street-Level Plexiglass Reflections. As we get back into the swing of things, if you'd like to connect with other Oasis citizens, talk about the episodes, and get special previews of our new projects, come join the official Tales from the Oasis Discord channel. You can find the link on our website, talesfromtheoasis.com. New citizens are arriving every day, so join the channel, say hi, and get to know us before the fame and money goes to our head and we turn into sociopathic monsters. But for now, on to the show. This is episode 19, Street Level Plexiglass Reflections. Sadoi blinks wearily at the outline of the nomad standing in her doorway. Reed, glowering impatiently, stares as she rummages through the pile of electronics and schematics scattered about her living room table. Underneath a pile of synthetic insulation, she finds what she's looking for an air hypo with Boost XL printed on the side. She examines the air hypo and shakes it a bit. Empty. Her back to read, she sighs, and with Herculean amounts of effort, she puts on a friendly, polite smile and slowly turns back to read. Do you have any Boost? <laughs> Reed, do you? <laughs> Reed probably doesn't. No, you 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 mentioned actually previously your character does not use street drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So he does not. I'm not your fucking enabler. It's not that. It's just if you want me to come help, I cannot help without drugs. I am so fucking tired. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Fuck it. Sleep it off. Fucking lost cause. And he just walks away. Slams the door. Wow. He slams the broken door to your apartment. Well, fuck you too. <laughs> so the way you kind of notice something sounds a little off, but in your sleep haze, you just kind of immediately forget it. And as you collapse back down on the couch, you remember that the vending machine you got this boost from was right across the street from your apartment. <sighs> oh, man. So you could go and get some if you wanted, or you could sleep it off. It, well, so the issue now is that if I am addicted, mm-hmm. how heavily would that weigh into my decision? From the perspective of somebody who has been friends with lots and lots of addicts throughout my life. Right. You are caught in what I would say is probably the trench of what, what addicts run into. Is There is occasionally a point where you are simultaneously too tired to do anything without a drug and too tired to acquire more of the same drug. Right. But... Both of those are kind of things that that are adjustable. Like you can force yourself and power yourself through. You can walk downstairs and buy some speed from the thing. It's just going to be painful. It's going to hurt and it's going to suck. And then you're going to kind of feel okay. You're never going to really like catch that dragon that you caught that first time, you know? I think I'm going to put myself into a bad loop if I go down (laughs) and get more drugs now. I think I'm going to go back to get into bed. (sighs) All right. You lay down to attempt to go to back to sleep. Can I get a concentration check? Yes. Yeah, this is the, uh, the the consequence of doing drugs to stay awake is you have to also sleep afterwards. <laughs> go do drugs, mm-hmm. kids. Unless they are the ones that you should take, and in which case you should take them. <laughs> 16. Okay. You concentrate on falling asleep, and as you do, thoughts flit up to the top of your mind. Thoughts like... Oh, yeah. After I sleep through the entirety of today, I'm only going to have two more days to prep for this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And thoughts like my clothes have been feeling kind of heavy and hot lately. I uh, I wonder if that's going to have any sort of negative benefits whenever the heat wave hits. 
Ah, yeah, <laughs> fuck. And then another thought that floats through your mind that says, all I really have right now is the blueprint for it. I still need to acquire materials and build the damn thing. I sure hope those materials are still available. And then you drift off into sleep. <laughs> all problems we worry about later. Mad inventors invent first, worry later. <laughs> Mavis uh, has just finished filling in ISO on the gig that she's going to go take, where she's going to install some cyberware for high-paying clients with a turnaround time of two hours. And ISO, you know that Reed is, you know, coming back, hopefully, with Sadoi, so that you guys can go do the bodyguard gig. Uh, So, Reed, I heard a lot of bonking. Is is Sadoi awake? No. She got fucking high last night. (laughs) Best to let her sleep it off. But... We need three people for this, right? He just said that it would be a good thing for us three. Didn't say he needed us three. I guess. Oh, well, it's just protecting some blue chips. What <laughs> could go wrong? He probably does like leave a message on Sadoi's communicator saying like, hey, there's a bodyguard job. Give me a ring if you're interested when you wake up. Love. You send off the message, though in your heart, you kind of get the feeling that Sadoi's probably not going to show up. It's polite to do anyway. Uh, and you and Reed set off to go and do this job. Yeah. <laughs> Mavis, you followed the link that was included on that thing, and it is a short form that asks you to submit credentials and showing that you're a med tech and asking for your experience and things like that. And you, you submit it, mm-hmm. uh, and it tells you that a recruiter will be back with you shortly. Wonderful. About 20 minutes later, you get a call on your personal communicator from a tired sounding recruiter that says, Hello, is this Mavis? Why, yes it is, hello. Hi, uh, I'm calling as part of the Oasis Outreach Medical Program. Uh, I believe that you have skill in, in surgery and are willing to install cybernetics in exchange for some money. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That get money, get paid, as they say. <laughs> All right. And there's a bit of typing on the computer in front of the person on the other end. They say, All right, well, do you have any experience installing personal air conditioning units into people as cybernetics? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a lie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, uh, well, would you like to roll? No, I'm just letting you know that's a lie. I'll roll if you want. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's let's have you do that. Uh, persuasion. Not good at persuasion. Ooh, but I did roll a 10. Uh, so that is a 22. Hell yeah. Wow. All right, perfect. Well, we won't need to send you any of the preparatory uh, documents then. Oh, well, Should maybe all good. Ma- maybe, maybe send those anyway. Just, just I'm, I might not have dealt with this particular brand. You know, I like to be thorough. <laughs> right. Um, okay, fine. I'll send those over to you. It looks like your first client is going to be Eve Harvey. Then we have Skylar Garcia, and last. Lexi Patel, and if you get done with those uh, within enough time, I'll have one more for you. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. You have a good day. You as well. All right, bye. And they hang up. I'm going to put on my least bloody lab coat. All right. Uh, do you have any clean ones? <laughs> like, what? Uh, basically what I'm asking is, like, what is what amount of blood is on this lab coat? Um, some. Okay. Actually, yeah, I only have one lab coat. The rest of my clothes will be clean, but there is definitely blood on the lab coat. Okay. <laughs> you put on the bloody lab coat, kind of look yourself up and down and realize that, um, hmm, 
This isn't going to be a great look, but you kind of don't really have time because the person you need to go visit is about 30 minutes away and it takes about 45 minutes to get there. Yeah, what's the what's the word? Never never trust a chef without burns on their hands. That's what this is for, for medtechs. All right. Uh, <laughs> you head off to go to your first gig. Uh, your first gig, you uh, on your way there in the car that you're renting. So take out uh, 50 eddies. Yep. You ignore the advertisement that's playing and you flip through the notes. You get a basic understanding of how this stuff's supposed to work. Lovely. They're chest implanted cybernetics um, that can be implanted on the chest or right on the back that basically enhance your circulatory system uh, and your lungs to give you better airflow and cool down a lot of the air uh, while additionally providing better water recycling. Wonderful. Um, So it hooks down into your liver as well. That's why it takes about two hours to install. So you go and install the first one and it goes by without very much incident. Um, It's a, a woman in kind of a nice high rise hotel no real incident. You guys kind of chat a little bit back and forth right. about the wave. She's lived here for a little while and tells you to be careful of it. The second one comes and goes without incident. It's a guy and you actually do the installation inside his office with his papers around and everything. And he's typing a couple of things and, and doing some stuff on his data pad <laughs> while you're installing the cyberware for him. So there's not much conversation to be held. Business as usual. The third one is Miss Lexi Patel. And you're given instructions on where to locate her. And she is in one of the nicest apartment buildings uh, towards the center of town. You arrive at the apartment building and it's it's different from the other ones. More in just the sense of it's really classy. It's really nice. (laughs) And with it being super classy and super nice, I mean, like nicer than Flaming Steakhouse. Like there is there is a a very, very impressive looking solo standing down there just acting like a concierge. (laughs) You walk in, the solo looks you up and down, checks your credentials and sends you up to Miss Patel's room. Uh, I'm going to somewhat uh, consciously like brush my coat down. It does literally nothing, but makes Mavis feel better. You do this in the elevator as you head upwards and are deposited in not the penthouse, but very close to it. Uh, One of the top floor rooms and the elevator opens directly into the apartment. This is like this is clearly like the entire level is this apartment. Fancy. The door opens basically into a really fancy, just brushed metal and glass everywhere uh, with an amazing view of the downtown oasis. And maybe like five or six blocks away, you can see the uh, trickle down hydroponics system. You almost have a view of some greenery from here. It's rather a gorgeous view, but there's nobody here. Did someone lead me in, did you say? No, you were directed to the elevator and the elevator opened into this room. Like this isn't a floor with very rich people. When you're authorized, it'll open directly into their house. That's where you're at. Uh, Hello, Uh, Ms. Ms. Patel, Metech, anyone home? You hear from a side room. Hold on one second. I'll be right there. Okay. You you sort of, you know, get the get your bearings and look around and there's a bowl of fresh fruit. Wow. I'm going to admire the view and both the view out the window and the view of the fresh fruit. You're standing there admiring the view for a bit until you hear a, a door almost imperceptibly slide open and close next to you. You look over and uh, Miss Patel is standing there. She's slightly taller than you with almond-colored skin and glides into the room with a sort of otherworldly, ethereal vibe. Okay. 
something about this woman just oozes the idea of she is worth so much more than you could ever possibly imagine that it's a little it's a little unsettling that's quite a feat as well because mavis is usually not fussed by that yeah, this is on a completely different level. So it's it's this tall, thin, waifish woman um, wearing this flowing dress that almost seems to shimmer as she moves around. She walks over to the kitchen, almost completely ignoring you, and grabs herself a, a little cup and begins pouring herself some water and says, oh, forgive my manners. Um, would you care for some water? No, thank you. That That's 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 quite all right. Um. I'm here for the uh, for the 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 the, uh, the cyberware in- installation. Yes, yes, of course. You're my two o'clock. Yes. Where do you need me? Uh, well, that depends. Uh, would you like it in the uh, in the chest or in the back? <laughs> she narrows her eyes a little bit and um, says, "Perhaps you should take a look at the cyberware first. And she points to this small black package that was sitting on the table that you didn't almost didn't notice before. My apologies, I was un- under the impression I was rather routine today. Let me just take a look. I- I'll be with you in a moment. and uh, examine the package. All right, you open it up, and it is a piece of very exotic cyberware that you do not recognize. Okay. It does read as a cooling system, but unlike the other ones, which were, you know, either like reusing water mm. or like had additional fan or like cooling support or uh, yeah, improved your thermostasis system. This one almost seems like the little power generator that Tony Stark has in his chest. Okay. It's like a little circular thing that seems cold to the touch for reasons that you don't quite understand with a little circular center and a bunch of little ridges. Wow. And she goes and and sits down in a chair and then turns around backwards. So she's leaning over the chair, kind of like Captain America. So you fucked up today, (laughs) Uh, like that meme. She pulls down the sides of her dress and you see that there is a little plug sitting on her back. Right. That is exactly the size of this piece of cyberware. Okay, okay. Well, I I see. Um, I I do apologize. I did not realize we were dealing with something quite so uh, special today. It's no problem. <laughs> of course. Do you mind giving me just a moment? I just want to make sure I familiarize myself with the specifics of this piece. She says, certainly, certainly take your time. I, I have the full two hours blocked off. After that, unfortunately, I do have a very solid booking. So as long as this isn't going to cut into the time. No, of course, of course. Does she have a blue chip, by the way? She does. Her blue chip, however, is a little bit different from the ones that you've seen earlier. It's almost imperceptible, but you being close enough to see it, you see that her blue chip, strangely enough, is not entirely blue. Oh. It's blue and then occasionally glows a little bit of this purple color. Okay. The the specifics of it, it looks like it's a slightly different model, but not in ways that you would be able to discern mm. without a close examination. I'm going to uh, examine the, the piece of cyberware in front of me okay. um, closely, uh, just to make sure that I haven't um, overlooked anything. Sure. All right. So first, I'm going to have you roll a... Let's roll a cyber tech. That was a, not a great roll. That's a seven. That's a crit fail. Okay. <laughs> you examine this piece of cyber tech... It is unlike anything you've ever seen. Mm. Thankfully, it does come with some basic level instructions that once you notice them, allows you to re-roll your Cybertech roll. That's good. That's wonderful. I sure am glad about that. That is a 20. That is a much better roll. (laughs) 
There we go. You notice that these instructions, while they're kind of dumbed down, are clearly meant for a ripper doc or paramedic of some sort to be able to install this mm-hmm. piece of cyberware with the understanding that the person installing it may not necessarily have the skills required. But it gives you kind of a quick crash course on how to install this piece of cyberware. And it will require a little bit of rooting around in her internal systems in her shoulders. So you're going to have to remove the entire shoulder plate. Okay, so it looks like we're gonna have to remove the uh, the shoulder wear. She gives you a bit of a quizzical look and says, "Yes, is this your first time uh, installing cooling systems?" Not on cooling systems in particular. I've actually done several others today already. It's just this is a uh, quite an advanced piece. I'm originally from Night City. We don't have much coal for cooling systems back there. So ah, Night City. Oh, oh I don't miss that. I don't rap miss it either, and I, I really thought I would. You go up and, and grab a screwdriver and begin like yeah. prying off the little plate and mm-hmm. stuff that's surrounding her and strike up a conversation with her. Yeah, Night City, it does have its charms and its perks, but uh, oh, the Oasis really is nice. Being able to have access to all of these great bastions of creativity and, and freedom, I... It almost makes up for all of the bloodshed. We're going to see her for the next few days, honestly. And she sort of sighs a little bit to herself uh, as if reflecting on some dark thing in the past that has happened. It is delightful. Um, I, I heard that there there may be a little bloodshed in the next few weeks. Um, something about wave mania. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, yes. Wave mania. I guess that is what they're calling it these days. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, the some of the the laborers tend to get it up in their heads that because they can't afford certain parts that we have extra parts for them or whatever, and they whip themselves up into a bit of a frenzy. But in the end, as long as you've got good protection, it doesn't really end up being that much of a problem. Though I will say I did have to get those blast doors installed, and she points back at the elevator. You kind of glance over your shoulder and notice, oh, sure enough, there are like four inch blast doors installed on the elevator. She says, I had to get those installed after the last wave. But uh, I think in some ways it's a bit of a, a positive and a negative. On one hand, we the city does get dirtied with the blood of the laborers. But on the other hand, it does manage to get rid of a lot of the troublemakers, the ones that are most prone to wave mania and leaves us with more of the docile, servile workers that are much more happy knowing their place and understanding where they exist in society. Oh, ow! Ah, jeez! My apologies. Like I said, this particular technology is a little new to me, although getting inside, I am understanding how everything works. Don't be worried on that part. Hmm. So, uh, what do you do here in, in, in Oasis City, uh, if you don't mind my asking? She pauses for a second. Give me a conversation roll. <laughs> that is a critical success, 23. She tenses up for a second as if this <laughs> is kind of an uncomfortable question to be asked, but then sort of relaxes and, and you can kind of see her almost internally shrug. And she says, um, oh, me? I, well, some would say I don't do very much around here, but I talk to people, I socialize, I put the right words in the ears of the people that need to hear them. Does that make sense? 
yeah, no, that makes complete sense. I knew someone a little bit like that back in that sea on a completely different social strata, mind mm. you. <laughs> um, yes, I'm not I'm sure. exactly uh, used to uh, being somewhere quite so fine, but um, well, that sounds like an interesting life to lead. Oh, it very much is. I, I bet you sure have some tales, huh? It is quite a life. It is. It's interesting. The the plights of the things that I used to have to deal with whenever I was younger, I see those reflected in the plights of the common laborers. And while at some point I may have felt some empathy for them, lately these days I've, I've more just been feeling sorry for them, of their stupidity locking themselves in a constant cycle of working and spending money on frivolous things and then working and spending money on frivolous things. and Money sure is a burden. Ah, <sighs> just makes me wonder the direction humanity is going. Who knows? Maybe one of these days the laborers will finally wipe themselves out and we'll be able to see what happens next. She almost sounds hopeful about this. Well, that that sure would be an interesting one. Um, wonder what people would do without the laborers. Almost like, you know, their contribution to society is more important than people uh, people get on. Uh, she, she gives a bit of a laugh and then kind of spits <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> Which is very unbecoming of somebody of her social status. Mm. She spits on the ground and says, huh. Unfortunately, my dear, you learn as your net worth goes up, laborers are more trouble than they're worth. <laughs> with the right equipment and with the right amount of social progress, I feel like we could probably replace most of these uh, low-life drains on society with much more obedient robotic workers. But who's to say, maybe one of these days... I've seen those people with the blue chips. I think that's a fancy one, though. I wonder if they're working on something for laborers that's similar, maybe a different color. What do you think? That's a good question. Ask another, let's do another conversation roll, because this is, again, going to be another touchy subject that she doesn't necessarily want to get into with you. I'm into that. That's a 21. God damn. Maybe this is good at conversation. <laughs> so you've, you've pretty much disarmed her at this point, and I would say that she feels pretty comfortable talking with you about whatever you'd like to talk about from this point forward. Yeah, I have like four fingers inside her shoulder at this point. Like, I'd hope she's comfortable. <laughs> she sort of chuckles to herself and she goes, as if we'd ever let the laborers get blue chips. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine that you would. Um, I'm thinking more of a different type of chip. I mean, the blue chip enhances some of your your abilities, right? Your your, your thought processes? Oh, yes, in a, in a way. I'm quite new to Oasis City, if, I, if I'm honest with you, so... The blue chips are, are somewhat new to me, but that was my understanding. What's your understanding of them? Well, I have quite an understanding of them. As you see, I have one myself. It's probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. My mental capacities have been multiplied a hundredfold, and it's just amazing to be able to actually be able to do and think about everything. I'm thinking about four things right now. I'm currently writing a sonnet and proposing a business deal and communicating with an old friend of mine that I haven't spoken to in a long time and having this conversation with you. Well, that is outstanding. It, it really does free up a lot of your facilities in order to be able to do something. Have you been considering applying for the blue chip program? I had considered it. I mean, um, I, I, I must admit, I don't think that they would they would necessarily take me. Um, like I said, I'm a bit of a newcomer to Oasis City and uh, I don't quite fit the, uh, the, the norms of nice society, uh, unfortunately, but it's, it's crossed my mind. Well, the blue chip can help take care of that as well. 
Well, that's what I was thinking. I mean, if I got a blue chip, perhaps I could get rid of some of this, uh, some of these thoughts that aren't quite so polite. And mm. potentially that's the sort of thing that a different colored chip could do for these laborers you're talking about. She pauses for a second and then sort of chuckles to herself and goes, oh, <laughs> oh, I get it. You think these are mind control chips. It crossed my mind. You think if we made a different version and put them in the laborers that they would be more subservient? <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, mind control chips are considered to be illegal here in the Oasis. And any sort of behavior modification that the blue chips do is, from what I'm told, purely incidental and just a product of becoming a, a more intelligent and empathetic person. I see, I see. There unfortunately isn't a way for us to be able to pacify the laboring classes, though that's not for lack of trying. I've been speaking for... Well, it's not, not important. No, no, of course, of course. These aren't mind-controlled ships, my dear. They're simply intelligence enhancers. And, and someone who has enhanced intelligence happens to think and behave a certain way. Well, yes, I would say that that's true across a variety of fields. Those that tend to be more intelligence, better bred than the rest of us, with a better upbringing, they tend to act kind of in the same way. That makes sense. I believe where the idea of high society comes from, am I wrong? She laughs to herself as if the concept of her ever being wrong about <laughs> something is just absolutely comical. <laughs> I will have to shut my conspiracy-loving friend down. So many times he said these are man-controlled chips. Uh. Do you believe he thinks rats are uh, robots? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, I do feel like people, people like that should, well not be removed from society and at least have a very close eye on them. Who, who knows what psychotic individuals like that could do to hardworking individuals such as yourself? Oh, I shudder to think about it. At this point, you have installed the cybernet the cyberware into the side of her shoulder and are beginning to reattach the, the, the back plate. You're almost done. So if you have any other questions or conversation topics you want to talk about with her, now's the time to do it. People say the blue chips. Uh, now I'm up close to this one. It, it doesn't look entirely blue. It's almost like a, a mauve or a, a purple or an indigo. Quite a royal color, if you ask me. Is is that normal? Is it? So I don't really notice it. I really only am able to see it in the mirror. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's quite beautiful. Um. Well, I, I'm nearly done here. We nearly got everything uh, sorted out, Miss Patel. Um. One moment, and we'll have to get you to just to give it a little test and uh, make sure everything's working all right. How are you preparing for the wave? I, I trust everything is, uh, well, I guess, apart from the blast doors. Uh, I assume this building is uh, nice and weather secure. Oh, yes. Any Oasis-built building has the same style of glass on it. She snaps her fingers and her implanted cyberware activates and the demon that inhabits her apartment that controls the entire thing does something and suddenly the windows black out. And she says, see, all, all Oasis buildings, when extreme heat is detected, have the ability to flip their windows on and turn them into mirrors. Now, it, it does end up reflecting quite a bit of the light downstairs uh, onto the onto the streets and dramatically increasing the heat down there. But for <laughs> this building, it, it reduces the cost of my electricity by 20%. Ah, that's a mighty impressive. Reflecting the 
problems back onto the street below. That that makes sense. <laughs> anyway, I think we're about done here. Um, let me give you my card just in case anything comes up. Uh, I pass her a card. But it, it probably realistically has some sort of bodily fluid stain on it that you can't oh, quite God. tell. She she gingerly picks it up. Yes, um, thank you, and puts it on a side <laughs> table. She had been previously communicating with the demon just kind of mentally, but she's like, all right, now all that's left is, is to test it. And she uh, raises her head and goes, Hecaton Kyrie, Hecaton Kyrie, you hear a voice over the PA system. Yes, Miss Patel. Uh, please turn the temperature in the room up to 120 degrees and expedite that, if you will. Oh, uh, yes, Miss Patel. <laughs> oh, I am. Um, uh, is there anywhere I could stand that would not get that hot? I haven't had a chance to get any installed myself. She sort of shrugs and then gestures to her patio. I'm going to go to her patio <laughs> and watch the inside. All right. You, you stand outside and it's a really nice patio with a great view. Uh, there's a little ashtray uh, off to the side. You look inside as you see heating elements begin lighting up and uh, heating up the inside. After a little bit, Miss Patel, who has turned away from you, you see the little thing on her back begin to glow. And after maybe another two minutes or so, she says something up and then turns back to you and gestures back inside. You head inside as the fans are just rapidly cooling this place down, but it's really hot still. Ooh. And she goes, yes, it does seem like everything's been installed correctly. I very much appreciate it and thank you for coming by. Um, it looks like our time here is almost up. Here you go, just as a little tip. And she gives you 50 eddies. Oh, thank you kindly. Oh, um, thank you kindly. I, I sure hope the, uh, the rest of your busy day is wonderful <laughs> and i i go to leave as with you you head back to the elevator and get in and as the elevator doors close you hear her on the other end begin a conversation hello yeah no she just left yes all right let's talk business and then the door shuts This has been Cyberpunk Tales from the Oasis, Episode 19, Street Level Plexiglass Reflections. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to tune in next week for Episode 20. We're back on our regular release schedule, and the content pipeline is churning through our backlog of cyberpunk goodness, thanks to our new editor, Paul, from Quest Fantastic. If you like narrative Dungeons & Dragons actual plays, be sure to check them out when you get a chance. That's all for now, and remember, the only time the ultra-rich care about the struggles of common citizens is when it makes their ridiculously extravagant lifestyles more expensive or less convenient. From January 2020 to January 2022, the top 10 richest scum buckets doubled their net worth, gaining more than $1.2 trillion at an effective rate of $1.6 billion per day. Can you think of something better to do with $1.6 billion? Because I know I sure can. Let's tax the fucking rich, shall we? I'm Artemis Ronan, narrator and producer for Tales from the Oasis. See you next time. <laughs>